Welcome, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Today's sermon might be a challenge for some. It's a form of time travel, biblical style. First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan takes us on the journey. Good morning. I'm Chris Pan. I'm the Executive Director of the church, and it is the first week after Easter. And so it's wonderful to see you here in person and to see you joining us online. Uh, last week, we celebrated Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we had multiple people come forward for baptisms, first time baptisms, and the reaffirmation of their baptisms. Uh, and it's always so moving and beautiful, and it's one of the highlights of the year to see people kind of dedicate their lives to Christ in a new way, take that um, step of faith. Um, also last week, our family had some friends visiting from the mainland. It's like spring break up there, so all kinds of people are coming to Hawaii again, you may have noticed. Um, and I was talking to the dad, and we were reminiscing about the time that we saw them last when we visited them up at their house in Massachusetts. And I said, man, that was a few years ago, right? Like 2019, 2020? Uh, and he looks at me and he says, that was August. <laughs> um, uh, I think the pandemic has warped time for all of us. And I'm sure we all have stories about how fast and slow and strange and surreal time has passed these two years and how we're still experiencing that now. Um, we had our session meeting on Tuesday night um, down in Kaka'ako. Our session's our board of directors. We meet monthly, and it was our first in-session meeting in two years. Uh, we've been, yeah, amen. Um, we've been on Zoom this entire time, and uh, we actually had new members, new covenant partners come, and it was the first time in two years that we could actually shake their hands and see them face to face. We are created beings uh, who are, whose lives are bounded by time in this interesting way. But the God we serve, the God that we love, transcends time. Our God exists outside of the constraints of time. And so what does that mean for us? Uh, our sermon title today is, Who is and was and is to come. That's a description of God from our Bible passage today. And we're going to reflect on the nature of God because I think it helps us understand ourselves better. Uh, it increases our faith and our trust in a God who relates to time very differently than we do. And I think it helps us, or hopefully will help us, reduce our anxiety uh, about living in uncertain and challenging times. Uh, last week on Easter, we declare, He is risen! He is risen indeed! And um, the Anglican priest, Tish Harrison Warren, wrote this last Easter Sunday. Um, we believe that because He is risen indeed, we can know God and our lives can participate in the life of God. And our own biographies and mundane days collide with eternity. Because of Easter and Jesus' resurrection, we can know God and our lives can participate in the life of God. Our finite and broken and limited and muddled lives can participate in the infinite and eternal and beautiful and timeless life of God. Easter shifts not just our perspective, but our very existence from mundane to eternal. Our mundane days collide with eternity. As we go through our sermon today, ask yourself these two questions. What is God saying to me, and what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me? What does he want me to do about it? Anything that God has to say to you today will be much more important than any words that I will say. 
Will you please join me in prayer? Eternal God, we come before you in thanks that you love us, that you have reached out to us across space and time to this very moment. We invite your Holy Spirit into this space. We want to be transformed. We want to be inspired by your Spirit. May our mundane lives collide with eternity. We pray this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's children say, amen. Our passage today is from the book of Revelation. Uh, It's the last book of the Bible, and the author John writes Revelation as a letter to seven churches in what he calls Asia, what we refer to as uh, modern-day country of Turkey. Uh, And the letter is full of prophetic and apocalyptic, apocalyptic, I'm not going to say that word right at all today, apocalyptic imagery. Uh, Here it is, Revelation 1, 48. From John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of this earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples on the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, The book of Revelation is a specific type of literature called uh, Apocalypse. It's full of John's symbolic dreams and visions presenting God's heavenly perspective on our world and times. And what struck me most about reading through this passage was verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, who is and who was and is to come. It's a statement about the timelessness of God, his eternity, his infinite existence. No beginning, no end. And thinking about that, meditating on that, it broke my brain a little bit. Um, I think, you know, thinking about it for you might break your brain a little bit too. Uh, Because we as humans, we kind of experience time in a linear manner. You know, um, right now it's 8.36. If I waited a little bit, in a few minutes, it'll be, in a few, in in a minute, it'll be 8.37. The math got complicated there for me a second, so (laughs) stick with one. Um, Right now it's uh, 2022. Last year was 2021. You get how this goes. Um, in the West, we experience time like we're watching a parade, right? We sit there on the sidewalk, and we watch the parade go by. And we can only really see what's right in front of us, the Moana Lua marching band. Um, and, you know, we know it's past this already. Uh, maybe Liho Liho elementary school students and teachers. Um, but we don't know yet what's yet to come. Um, Will it be Santa Claus? Will it be those guys in the little red hats driving the tiny little cars? We don't know. Might be great, might be disappointing. Um, We can only see kind of what's right in front of us. We experience time and life just right up close. Uh, When my wife, Aliyah, and I lived in New York City, we went to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, Actually, more accurately, we went to what is way hands down better than the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on Thursday morning. We went to the... um, 
filling of those giant helium balloons in Central Park on Wednesday night. Uh, on Wednesday night, they fill up all those giant balloons in the park, and they let you just go there and walk right up to the balloons and watch what's going on. Here is a picture of Olaf from the movie Frozen um, being inflated. <laughs> and I think this is how we experience time. This is how we experience events in our life. Right up close, all out of perspective. Um, troubles come our way, and it's incredibly overwhelming. It's huge. It's all we can see. It takes up our field of vision. We can't see anything but what's right in front of us. Um, the test for school, the car breaking down, losing a job, the bad diagnosis, decisions on where to live or what to do, that conflict, that estrangement with something else, somebody else. It's a giant balloon Olaf head right in our face. And God does not experience events like this. He does not experience time like we do. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. And this statement isn't just saying that God is the first and is the last. He's not saying I am A and I am Z. He's saying, it's like when we say from A to Z, he's saying God is the first and the last and everything in between. When Moses meets God at the burning bush, God declares his name as I am who I am, an eternally present God. And in Psalm 90, Moses writes about this God that he met who told him his name is I am who I am. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by or like a watch in the night. In the Gospel of John, Jesus emphasizes his own divinity and eternity. And Jesus is speaking to the Jews and he comments about Abraham. Abraham, a man who lived 2,000 years before Jesus walked on the earth. And Jesus says this, he says, your ancestor Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is saying that he is God and that he exists in the present tense before Abraham existed in the past tense. God sees and experiences the past and the present and the future all at once. What has been, what is now, what will be, God sees it all at once. The night after we watched the inflating of those um, giant Macy's Day um, parade balloons, we actually watched the actual parade uh, with my sister. And at the time, my sister worked in one of those fancy midtown Manhattan office buildings, one of those skyscrapers. Uh, and in contrast to being right up against the balloons um, the night before, we were way up in the sky looking down at the whole parade. Here's a picture. We could see everything from above all at once. And from our vantage point, you could see the beginning of the parade. You could see what was right in front of us. You could see way down to the end, the whole thing. And that's God's view. We can see only right up close Olaf's giant head. But God can see Olaf in proper perspective. God sees our troubles and our struggles in proper perspective. Not only that, God can see all that came before and all that's happening right now and all that is to come. 
all at once. I am thankful that we can trust a God like that. That we don't have to rely on our own narrow view, but we can put faith in a God who is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, and everything in between. A God who is and was and is to come. I think we can all relax a little, knowing that we don't have to solve it all with our limited view, but our lives can participate in the life of God. Our mundane days collide with eternity. Uh, One caveat here, I don't want you to hear that God sees all of the past and present and future together, and therefore God is somehow far and distant. Uh, That this is deism, right? A belief that God is uh, some sort of cosmic clockmaker who just creates a clock and then lets it run, Um, doesn't get involved. Our God is both infinite and personal. Uh, And that's unique to our God, to Christianity. Because the Greeks had gods that were personal. Aphrodite, Athena, Ares. But they weren't infinite. And the deists thought God was infinite but not personal. Only we know the true God who is infinite and personal. Infinite, transcending time, but also personal. Personal enough to come and die on a cross for us. Uh, Okay, time for some uh, arts and crafts. Uh, Kathy, if you can help me out. Um, Many thanks to Renee Toyota, who's on our staff, who helped me do some arts and crafts. Um, If you are looking for a job, know that um, you get to do fun things, like uh, very important things for the church, but also sometimes fun things. (laughs) Um, Okay. Was and is I'm going to stand right in front of this. You guys get the point. And is to come all of the scope of time. So let's start here. God who is. Our God is the God who is. What does that mean for us? When I first started looking at this passage, um, I kept saying, God who was and is and is to come. Uh, And we'll sing a song after the sermon where those are the lyrics. Was, is, is to come. That's a logical progression. Past, present, future. In Revelation 4, a few chapters after our passage, John writes about a vision of God surrounded by angels. And all the angels are declaring this, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Past, present, future. In Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so what tripped me up is the order in our passage. He who is and was and is to come. Why is is first? And I think it highlights the nature of God whose very name is I am. A God who is present with us and for us, a God who is present in our present. It draws us back to something in verses, four, uh, verses 5 and 6 in our passage. Here's what it says. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Can we scroll back one verse so you can see the beginning of that verse? To him who loves us and has freed us. Look at the verb tenses right there. Loves us and freed us. Loves us is in the present tense. Freed us is in the past tense. It doesn't say 
God who loved us and freed us. It says God who loves us and freed us. God is the God who loves us in the present tense, always. Loves us now, always now. Yesterday, he loves us. Today, he loves us. Tomorrow, he loves us. Jesus died on the cross in the past, but his love for us is now, eternally now for us. We're going to do something a little different right now. I said earlier that anything God has to say to you is more important than anything I can say. So we're going to pause right now and be present to God and allow God to be present to us in a deliberate way. Let our mundane days collide with eternity. Uh, I've mentioned before that certain apps have been really helpful in my spiritual growth, um, providing guided prayer and reflection, uh, meditation. Apps like Pray As You Go and Lectio 365. I know that many of you have tried those out. Kathy McCoy-Kane, thank you very much, introduced me to the app called One Minute Pause. One Minute Pause. And it is exactly like it sounds. It's a one-minute pause uh, to recenter on God, to get God's perspective instead of staring right up at Olaf's head. Uh, the app is based on a book, but uh, I've actually never read the book. I just used the free app. So, um, Even though the app is called One Minute Pause, there are actually one-minute, three-minute, five-minute, and ten-minute pauses. And today we're going to do the three-minute pause together. Um, so please sit up and uncross your legs and your arms, Get in a, present, a position to be present to God. Um, give him space to be present to us. You can close your eyes if you'd like. And now let's start by taking the, the, the guided meditation. We'll actually start with three deep breaths. So let's start with three long, deep breaths. And you can roll the clip. Take three long, deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, God. What do you need to let go of? I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, heal my union with you. I love you. I believe you. I worship you. Restore our union, Lord. Heal and restore our union. 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I pray for more of you, God. Fill me with more of you. I pray the river of life would fill me, restore me, renew me, surround me. I need more of you, God. Saturate me with your love. Saturate me with your life. That's good. That's enough for now. That's good. That's enough for now. That's three minutes. Maybe it felt longer, maybe it felt shorter, um, but hopefully you felt the presence of God. Do you have three minutes in your day to be with the God who is present to you, to be present with God, the God who is? Our God is the God who was. What does that mean for our lives? Our God not only sees the past, but is present in the past. I want to point out just one thing about the God who was, because hopefully it will blow your mind like it blew my mind. Um, Here it is. God can redeem the past from the present. I'll say it again. God can redeem the past from the present. God is not bound by time. He's infinite and personal. So God can reach into the past from anywhere and redeem it and change it. I know there are many people in our community who are experiencing or have experienced great pain in the past people who've had traumatic experiences that have shaped you and who you are. I know that there are people who think they've made a mistake in the past that they can never overcome. I know that the people who you think you know, hurt you in some way in the past, you can never forgive them, or maybe that they can never forgive you. And we all, and the way we experience time, the past is stuck in the past. If it's 20 years ago or if it's two days ago, It's gone. It's written in stone. We wish we could change it. We wish we could get into a time machine, make it never happen. But we can't change the past. But God is not bound like we are by time. God is infinite and he's personal and he can reach into the pain and the hurt of our past and he can change it completely, redeem it. And by doing so, he can change who we are today. Don't believe me? One of the most common questions I get from my non-Christian friends around Easter is the question, why is it called Good Friday? The day that Jesus was killed, mocked, beaten, crucified, buried, why is it good? How can that be good? I don't think we can call it good if we are pressed right up against it like Olaf's giant balloon head. And for the disciples that Friday, it was terrible. It was terrible on Saturday too. And you know what? that Friday will always be terrible. Jesus' pain and suffering was terrible, is terrible, and will always be terrible. But God reaches into the past, and he can redeem it. He changes it. God doesn't travel back in time and make it not happen. Jesus died. He doesn't save Jesus from that death, even though he's outside the bounds of time. He lets the thing stay in the past. He does something even more miraculous than time traveling and changing the past. Jesus still was killed, mocked, beaten, crucified, buried. But God reaches into the past and he changes it. 
He reaches in and he redeems it. Friday is not the end. On Sunday, God reaches into the past and overcomes death and sin and suffering and brings new life out of death. God's love flows from Sunday backwards to Friday. God's love flows from the resurrection back to the worst day ever and changes and redeems it so completely that now we call it Good Friday. When the women who followed Jesus went to the tomb that Easter Sunday, angels met them and asked this question, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but risen. Hear the good news of the gospel today. Anyone who has experienced hurt or pain or sorrow in their past, anyone who wished and wondered where was God back then when I needed him, God can reach into the past, into that despair and pain and hurt, and he can redeem it, and he can bring new life from the grave, a resurrected life. It says this in Romans 8. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. God says to us today, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but he is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. God is the God who is to come. What does that mean for us? A few years ago, my family rented a camper van and drove around to some national parks in Colorado and Utah. And as we left Salt Lake City on the way to Dinosaur National Monument, uh, Google Maps charted our route and told us it'd be about four hours to get there. And it had a red spot, maybe an hour or so in, that said fire. Um, but the road was clear before it, and the road was clear after it, and Google was saying, this is the route to take. Um, so we headed off to see some dinosaur fossils at Dinosaur National Monument. As we headed out there, we noticed that there really wasn't a lot of traffic heading that direction. And uh, the only traffic that we saw was actually sporadically coming back towards us. And I thought, hmm, curious, uh, but kept on driving. Um, and the sky got kind of increasingly cloudy, and these weird drizzles happened. Um, and then there were fewer and fewer cars. And then finally, after driving for an hour, we got to this. That is a massive fire. <laughs> and that's our camper van. Um, and you'll notice that our camper van is pointed away from the fire because the road ahead is completely closed. Um, and we had to go back the full hour the way we came um, and start again on a different road, our four-hour trip. If I only had the information about the road ahead before I left, if only I knew that the road was closed, I wouldn't have wasted those two hours driving there and driving back. I wish I had all the information I wish I knew the future. Don't you wish you knew the future? Too bad. <laughs> uh, you can't. But you can know the one who knows the future. Amen. Amen. God is the God who is to come. And he says this in Isaiah 46. I declare the end from the beginning. And from long ago, what is not yet done, saying, my plan will take place, and I will do all my will. God knows the end from the beginning. It's his plan that is unfolding. Here's another translation of that verse from Isaiah. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. 
Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. God has all the information. And while I might wish that I had it, I'm glad I can trust God who knows the future. That through prayer and scripture and the counsel of others, God will guide us into the future if we let him. Uh, the funny thing is that, you know, as I was standing in front of that fire, I opened up the, the Waze app. I opened the Waze app on my phone and said, I wonder what Waze shows. And Waze showed that the road was, was closed. <laughs> um, and if I'd followed Waze, I would have avoided the whole thing. Uh, but no, I thought, I'm going to use Google Maps. I, um, I like this and I know this. Um, do you see the sermon illustration here? Um, oftentimes we think, I know best. I'll go this way, charging ahead, trusting in ourselves and our own smarts, our own experience. And we get into all kinds of messes and roadblocks and waste a lot of time when really we should have just turned over direction of our lives to God from the beginning, in the big things and in the little things, because he actually has much more information than we do. He actually knows the future, and he loves us and wants to guide us. Jesus is the way. <laughs> I actually had a different line there written, and uh, my wife, Aaliyah, was like, you got to say Jesus is the ways. Like, it writes itself. Come on. Uh, so thank you, Aaliyah. Um, maybe for some of us today, the past isn't our issue. Maybe it's the future. Maybe you're worried about something in the future. And so hear the word of God. Hear the gospel that God doesn't just know the future. God holds the future. And that should give us great comfort and hope. So can we all just relax? I know it's a crazy time, but we don't have to be crazy in this crazy time because we know that God holds the future. That difficult meeting that you have on Thursday this week that you're worried about, God is already there. He's in that meeting room already waiting for you to arrive. That test you're scared about, God is already there. God is already there in that doctor's office where you're dreading the news you might hear. God already knows the outcome and he's waiting for us in the future, waiting for us to show up so he can wrap his arms around us there, just like he wraps his arms around us here. God is not surprised. He's never shocked. There's never a point in which he looks down at what's going on on the earth or looks down at some stupid thing we've done in our lives and says, I did not see that coming. <laughs> so can we take a deep breath and know that God is in control and that he loves us? Even when it doesn't feel like it to us, we can only see Olaf's giant inflated head. God sees it all. He sees how it ends. And how it ends is glorious. Here's this slide. This is the story that the God who was and who is and who is to come has written. This is the whole parade that God sees. This is the story that God has written. He knows how it ends. God was there at creation. He was there at the fall. He provided a way for the redemption of the world, and God is already there at the restoration of the world. That is the scope of human time and history. This is what God sees. This is how God stands outside of time and invites us into this story. God is the God who is and was and is to come. And what is to come? All things will be made new. At the end of the book of Revelation, John sees this vision. God saying this. See, 
The home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and all things in between. Our lives participating with the life of God. Our mundane days colliding with eternity. We can live fully present with God in the present We can live with our hurts and mistakes of the past redeemed. And we can live knowing that every moment now ends with a future where all things will be made new. That that glorious future shines a light that creeps even now into our lives. Back to Tish Harrison Warren and this quote. If Jesus defeated death one morning in Jerusalem, then suddenly every revitalization, every new birth, Every repaired relationship, every ascent from despair, every joy after grief, every recovery from addiction, every coral reef regeneration, every achievement of justice, every rediscovery of beauty, every miracle, every found hope becomes a sign of what Jesus did in history and of a promised future where all things will be made new. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen? Amen. 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 You please join me in prayer now. God, we are astounded that you are a God who wants to be present with us and who is present with us. God, we pray that we may linger in your presence for three minutes, for one minute, for all day for the rest of our lives when we bask in the glorious sunshine that your love and hope brings to us. May our days collide with yours. We give you thanks, God. May you change us. May you transform us. May you inspire us to walk into a world in need and preach the good news of the gospel to those who need to hear it. We pray this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's children say, amen. Amen. If you could stay standing just for a few minutes more, um, just want to remind you of a few different things. I think we've got some coffee um, somewhere. (laughs) Get out on the lie or maybe the coffee's back in the uh, area back there. Um, If you'd like prayer, there are uh, members from our prayer team who are out on that lanai in the back right corner. If you're here in person, thank you for coming here in person. And if you're online, you can click on the chat button for prayer if you'd like prayer too. Uh, But now, receive this final blessing. May the love of God, our Father, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful week. The Bible says God's ways are not our ways. We are finite. He is infinite. God loves us through time, for all time. 
If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, please visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. First Prez invites you to church. There are two ways to worship, in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus and at 10 a.m. at The Vine or online at either of our websites. And remember, when you visit the website, sign up for emails for links to sermons, daily devotionals, church news and updates, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, please reach out through the websites or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thanks for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.